can we can start by being in more games. You know, um, when you're down by multiple scores, man, you don't have many opportunities um, to, to create that havoc or that atmosphere um, that's conducive to producing turnovers. They hide the football, you know. Um, they, 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 they function in a more conservative manner. They meaning the people that you play against. Whether it's the schematics or the players themselves, um, you know, that's a component of it as well. And so um, I like our approach to turnover producing. Um, I like the work that we've done in that area in terms of team development. It hadn't come to fruition in the manner in which I'd like yet. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody. We throw open the doors of the locker room. All are invited. The number is 412-919-1316. We are always thrilled to have uh, Steelers Nation check in. And, of course, coming from Steelers Nation, Phoenix, is the great Max Starks. Hello, <laughs> magnificent Max. How are you? I'm doing great, Wolf. And <laughs> yes, uh, St Steeler, Steeler Nation Phoenix uh, chapter is uh, checking in, reporting for duty. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No question about it, my friend. Well, we heard Mike Tomlin just open the top of the show. And one of the things he's referencing is the ability of the opponents to be able to, quote unquote, hide the football and not play with those that's sort of uh, the plane that's going to give up turnovers. Not many turnovers had by the Steelers thus far. I think we've got one interception and so forth and a fumble or two, something like that. But the ability for opponents not to get stripped of the ball, not to suffer the interceptions, primarily part of that is the fact that if you don't get the lead, you can't get after them. You know what I mean? That's just part and parcel of yeah. what it is in football, Max. Yeah, exactly. If you can't put pressure on that team to do things that are mistaken um, or mistake-ridden, you're not going to have a chance at it. I mean, it's a higher chance for a quarterback to throw an interception than it is to cause a fumble and recover said fumble. Um, that's, just, that's just what it is. And when teams are playing from either tied or in front of, you are less likely to pass said football. And I think that's kind of where the Steelers have to get. You have to turn them away from the run to make them one-dimensional, which is funny enough, which has been happening to our offense becoming one-dimensional at times. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's a frustrating thing because we see what happens when we do have those opportunities. Terrell made a, made a great play. Minka could have made a play. Mel has been in there to try to right. potentially make, make a play with an interception. So the opportunities are presenting themselves, but they're becoming few and far between. When a quarterback only throws the ball 18 times, that's a lot less opportunities to try and get an interception. Exactly so. And one of the things that helps so much is if you can develop the run game, which unfortunately uh, that's what happened last week, you know, you got that run game going in Green Bay to the tune of a buck 31 or buck 33, something like that, you know, uh, for the sake of journalistic integrity, I should, like, look it up. But regardless, you know, the point is uh, – yeah, we're not, we're not that exacting about it. But the point is simply this. If you can run the ball, you can hide the ball, especially if good backs protect it and are able to do that. You know, if you're not putting it up, you can't turn the dogs of Rush loose 
as you would if you got that ability to be able to, uh, you know, sit back in some zones and do different sorts of things to tantalize the oppos- opposing quarterback. Those are the things that, that are, are, are they create the atmosphere, as Mike Tomlin was talking about, of turnovers. Because that sort of situation, when you've got, you know, I mean, if you saw what the Ravens did, to Denver quarterbacks. I mean, they sacked uh, the 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 uh, Ravens quarterbacks uh, what five times or something like that. I got the stat around here yeah. somewhere. It's like five times. They you know they went after. They got Lamar Jackson. That's not easy to get five sacks on a Lamar Jackson. You yeah, know, no, it, and, and it, get it's after really him. Tough. Yeah, it's, it's really tough. And you, you see, coming into this game, I mean, the the reason why Denver is three and one. Is because Teddy Bridgewater has been playing at a high level, right? Not turning the ball over, being very safe, and, and completing a lot of passes. But the run game is working. Both of their backs are over 150 yards each. And the defense is one of the top two defenses in the league. I think when you combine all those things together, you're like, man, this is this is a recipe for it. They're the number four total defense, number two in scoring, number five against the rush you're talking about denver correct red zone yeah talking about denver and tie for second in big plays and third in yards per play allowed so all of those things are a recipe for why your team is three and one and doing the things that we we, we're hoping the steelers can 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 finally get into into a mold against and it's going to be a good test because i think this defense yes it's a little inflated because you look at the competition um that they played being the Giants, Jacksonville, and and of course now the loss being to the Ravens, um, and I can't remember who the third one is, uh, but this is a team that that is for real, um, and it's going to be a good challenge for the Steelers at home to uh, to get this challenge, and this goes a long way when we talk about how can we change the narrative uh, for this Steelers squad. Well, it starts, you know, again, it always starts with getting a lead. <laughs> You know, it, it started that way in Green Bay. You know, I mean, they, they they had the opportunities. The opportunities were there. That's the thing about it. Again, it's you know, it's redundant to sit there and say you got to capitalize on on the opportunities, but you have to capitalize on the opportunities. Those opportunities they don't come, uh, you know, every series. They don't come sometimes every game. Uh, you have to manufacture them sometimes. By you know whether you're you're doing a good job of disguising your blitzes or you're sugaring up your coverages and and dazzling the quarterback a little bit or you're coming up and you're you're thinking and, and actively working towards stripping the ball um, you know holding the guy up trying to get him in a pile up so that you can uh, kind of give him the business you know as they say you know the bottom yeah. of that pile up and uh, you know get the ball out or you know just being able to have that luxury of having at times. Um, when you are the pass rush is good, and you and and the run stops are good, and you put yourself in that position where you got third and eight, third and nine, third and ten, eleven, that sort of thing. Where okay, a pick is there's a, there's a good possibility you can get after it. So it's creating those situations, and but it all starts with being able to functionally get on the scoreboard and get a lead and get moving. Yeah, and that comes to a fast start. Um, that comes to what we saw in. the first quarter against Green Bay, but not falling into the habit of being complacent. It's making sure that you're getting positive yards on that first down. That's the first key. Wins on first down, yeah. You've got to win on first down to set you up for those second and medium opportunities 
second and short opportunities. You can't be second and long, third and long. Um, I mean, that's just general football, but especially for the Steelers, um, where they're at, I think that's where you have to be. And those first down plays are going to matter. So if you are going to run, let's cut with, you know, what, what, what we did last week, right? We did not use as much motion. Let guys stand still so that you can just see good on good, your guy versus my guy. And let's go at it and let's not try and misdirect ourselves out of a good play. Um, let's, let, let's, let's see how it looks on that. And then from there, go on and adding, adding slowly into it in the game plan as you see fit to actually move into those fronts. Because here's the thing. Von Miller and company over there, they're smart. They're hip dudes. You're going to have to give your offensive line every opportunity to be successful and what they do well. So the, hopefully the intention in practice was looking at what do you do well. Let's watch the film. What do you guys do well? You're good at gap when we don't run motion. Okay, let's try and add that in there. All right, let's try with the inside zone. It's making sure that we're, we're keeping it to where everybody's within the box and that you can block to give Najee those cutback lanes uh, on the backside. Patience. Those are also the other things for Najee right. to work on. And then having willing combatants at the wide receiver position to go in and dig out a safety if a safety drops down and then go into man. That always helps. <laughs> you know, being a willing combatant is a lot better than being an unwilling participant. You know, that if you get correct. dragged into it, um, the fighting spirit is not so noticeable. You know what I mean? So the yep. fact is, you got to get out there. You got to get after it. And one of the things you do is, 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 like I said, just being able to get the fast start, as you pointed out. And it's going to be important. Now, one of the things that's interesting to me is I didn't expect it, but uh, I thought Teddy Bridgewater, when I saw the hit laid on him by uh, uh, Owe, Odafi Owe, that's the guy that just, yeah. I mean, nogginated him. I mean, it was a crushing hit. And, uh, you know, he was, he, 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 he's back to practicing possibly today. You know, he was back in the weight room yesterday. Um, he was in, of course, concussion protocol. And so far, they're, they're saying, and Mike Tomlin even has said this, we're expecting to see Teddy Bridgewater. And that's a direct quote from Mike. Well, and I mean, why wouldn't you, even, even if it is a concussion, if he does clear the protocols, why wouldn't you uh, want to see that? Because let's face it, this Denver team is where they're at because of Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, yeah. And he gives you the best chance of winning, um, you know, against us because he doesn't turn the ball over. Drew Locke is one that's more of a wild card. I would feel yes. better if Drew Locke was in there at quarterback and it wasn't Teddy Bridgewater because Teddy is very safe and very cautious and he knows how to play this game. He's a very smart QB. I know he's traveled around, but it's been more circumstantial than anything else. He's a guy that's that's going to put you in a position where he – He's going to protect the lead and manage the lead and let the defense do what they do um, and not and not jeopardize that. So it's going to be something to continue to monitor to see if Teddy's going to be the starter or not. Absolutely. Look, he started off, you know, you, you look at his 3-0 or something like that, uh, sev completing 75% of his passes. Now, against the Ravens, he was 7-16 for 65 yards before he got uh, ransacked. He got hit twice. Odafi put him out. Um, I wa watching him. I mean, he just got taken to the cleaners. You know, I mean, his helmet yeah. came off. We had a blitz like that one time. I'll never forget. We're playing Cleveland, Max. So they blitzed from both off the edge of both sides, and um, 
they arrived at Mark Malone simultaneously, and I mean in a great hurry. He was our quarterback, of course, and they just mulched him. I'll never forget looking as the Three Rivers turf, uh, the helmet, his helmet was rolling. <laughs> you know, thankfully his head wasn't it. Uh, the helmet yeah. was rolling kind of across the turf. The cheek pads of the helmet were blown out from the impact of the hit. He was bleeding from the mouth, and his eyes had kind of rolled up in his head. And he was already checked into Tuesday, as we like to say. Um, and the crowd's going wild. And I remember there was Tunch, uh, Mike Webster, and myself standing there. And I remember Mike looked at both of us. He goes, "Men, you'll have that on big jobs like this." <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and and I I thought of that. You know, when I saw Teddy get stretched out by Oway, you know, from the Ravens, and I was thinking to myself, "Oh my goodness," because that was just a monster hit. But kudos to Ted Bridgewater if he's able to. Uh, get himself together here and be able to um, get productively going so that he can make uh, make the game this weekend. But I I'm still not convinced that he's up. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that was a, that was a very vicious hit, and for him to be up like that, uh, you know, I wonder if it's gamesmanship, you know, on Vic Fangio's part. Sure. Kind of, kind of, kind of like you know, hey, no, no, no. He's back in the building. He's doing everything <laughs> you want to see. It's like, wait a second, what? Yeah, I I, I would be. I'm still. I still would be surprised uh, if it happens because that was a pretty wicked hit he took there. Yeah, it was. It was nasty. All right, we're gonna go to break. We're gonna come back with your calls four one two nine one nine one three one six. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room. ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. I think Ben and I have been at our jobs long enough that we know and understand what comes with it. We love Pittsburgh, PA. We love Steeler Nation and appreciate the passion that they have. And we understand the responsibilities that come with our roles. Him being a quarterback, me being a head coach, oftentimes we get too much credit when things are going well. And we're always ready to absorb the negativity of our positions when things aren't going well. That's just life for us. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And, of course, that's Mike Tomlin, like, telling it like it is. When you're the head coach, when you're the legendary quarterback and things aren't going well, you know where the arrows are going to be aimed at. Do you not know that, Max? Yes, yes, the arrows are going to be pointed towards the top and then work their way down. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the nature of the beast. That's why they pay him the big bucks. You know, but the other thing they pay you is when you're the, the legendary quarterback, you know, is the fact that, you know, it's a, it's a physical position. 
and getting this right, you got the Ravens just ransacking Denver quarterbacks because they hit them five times, brought them down uh, five times, and that would be Teddy took two, which the second one put him out of the game. Uh, then three more on Drew Locke, who also was not very uh, very good in this 23-7 to loss. Um, what, what, what's, the, what's the smile? What am I missing? I, no, there's, no. Did my, I get the my, stats my wrong? No, no, you got oh. the you got the stats right. You okay, got the stats right. No, it's, it's my dog is hilarious. Okay, uh, <laughs> I'm sitting here. So you got this look on your face, like okay, the the old man's wandered off again. He's yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it's the young pup has 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 done something that normally uh, is just like, got oh, it. God. All right, and he's like right across the screen from me too. Right, so he knows where to be in my vision. Sure, to get my attention. So it's just yeah. So that wasn't directed at you. You got okay. it right. Hey, All right. you did a great job. Hey, <laughs> just I'm just saying. I'm not. I understand that as Tunch would always say, he he give me those looks, and he just like look at me and go, "Where are you going with this, you idiot?" <laughs> I, I miss that, you know. They just give yeah. me that look. Oh my goodness. Yeah. All right. So you know that you can get after the quarterbacks here. One of the things that uh, we'll we'll get more into this as we we roll along here. Um, but the offensive line for Denver. Now remember that's coached by Mike Munchak, and a lot of people, you know, were abbreviated in the fact that, you know, when Munch went out there, which obviously it was it was because of his family. He's got family and on the West Coast there, and he was closer. In Denver, he takes the job there, but you know, and he's a tremendous coach, no, no question about it. And he was a he's a Hall of Famer as a player, uh, and he turns out good offensive lines. But look, that's five times they got nailed. I mean, and again, one one taking Teddy out and three on Drew Locke. Yeah, I mean, and, and that that's where the concern is, and I think that's where the opportunity is, because. If you're going to force a team like Denver into passing situations, this bodes well for you. Yes. And especially for a quarterback who's already been knocked out of a game, guess what you're going to be? Skittish. A little bit, I would say, yes, most definitely. Skittish, so now there's a higher likelihood for opportunity plays. Mike Tomlin talked about he likes where they're at as far as opportunistic plays. They just haven't presented themselves. This is an opportunity. When you talk about instead of giving up the short field, getting the short field, mm-hmm. that puts you in a winning football situation to have those change of pace, change of field type plays. And if our defense is healthy, which, you know, that's going to be the biggest question, right? Can you Absolutely. stay healthy? Availability yeah. is the best ability. That's where <laughs> the opportunities will lie. Uh, that's that's the one thing that scares me just a little bit, and we're going to get to a sarcastic sword here in just a minute. But you know what? When I heard on the on the injury report that Cam Hayward had a neck injury, remember Cam went down, and he was down on yeah. the ground for a little while, and I don't know if that was the play, if that's what resulted in it. But you well, you know as well as I know, you got to have a good neck. If you ain't got a good neck, you're in trouble. You know, out Talking there. That, to a guy who did that. Yes. Yeah, okay. Who hurt his neck. Yeah. Yeah. I, I missed a whole season. There you uh, go. Well, half a season with with a neck. So yeah, I completely concur. You must have a good neck to play. Did you did you get a uh, did you get an operation on your neck? Yes, I did. I did. I did you get C4, shorter? C five. Uh, no, I did not. Oh, I put I put a cadaver bone in there. Oh, so okay. I, I kept my I kept my height. So all right. So you're you're a mortuary science guy, right? So. Did you yes. just, just like borrow one from somebody? Say, hey, you know, yeah, you- yeah, yeah, yeah. Walked into the embalmer and said, hey, hey, give me a break. Literally. 
I, I, I've got a pain in my neck. I don't think you do. So let's... Do you mind if I borrow this? Yeah, yeah. You're not using it. It's okay. All right. Hey, let's go I to know. sarcastic. That was, that was so morbid. That was so morbid. It was. Yes, bring on sarcastic sword. Let's bring on sarcastic sword before we this, this completely goes downhill. Goes All right. Grammar. Welcome to the locker room, sarcastic sword from Parts Unknown. Sword, are you there, buddy? Hello, hello. I don't know what's going on. Oh, Sorry, yeah, you there? Oh, there you are. Okay, okay there bud. we go. Thanks. Morning, guys. Good morning. Hey, uh, Good morning. you know, I think if they asked Ben about the Max protection package, he'd wink and say, I love it when Max Starks is at tackle all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Might be, might be where that name came from, Max protection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, as far as more splash, the playbook hitting the Ohio River would create some splash, uh, possibly. Um, I, I'm not going to complain about it. There's too many facets, as you guys always point out, about a particular play and what goes wrong with it as far as pointing the blame anywhere. Uh, but I'm, I'm, speaking of that, I'm curious, uh, if – if every play that's in the playbook is, is made up by Coach Canada, what is the problem of the quarterback changing a play up at the line of scrimmage if he's picking another play authored by Canada out of the playbook? This controversy we hear over and over about, you know, you don't want Ben to change anything up at the line, let the coach call the play, da-da-da. Whatever play he's using is out of Canada's playbook. So what is, what's the problem? It's still a compliment to be using your play. It's just a different play than the one you prescribed for that particular moment. The, well, the way I understood Mike Tomlin to answer this question, and remember, this is different than uh, two-minute, no huddle, all that stuff. This is fourth down plays in particular he was answering about that. Number one, you're in a hostile stadium. Communication is a little difficult there. Okay. The second thing about it is some of those fourth down plays are well thought through in advance, anticipating what you're going to see. Uh, as an instance, if you remember, boy, some years ago when the Jets and uh, Bo, and I remember Bruce Arians called it. Were you in that game, uh, Max? Which one? Uh, the AFC divisional round, what, like. Oh, uh, oh. With, AFC Championship game. Was it? Was that it? Yeah, and with the Jets. It was a championship game. And you guys no, won the I, I game. I was on the sidelines. Okay, but you won. Lines. All right, but you were in the game. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe you didn't yeah, play. I was a part of the game. I was okay. a part of the game. And there was a, I, that a was pass. An injury. That was a neck injury year. Yes. Okay. So that's the year that you had to go on hiatus. But you know, yeah. you had a situation where you had Buddy Ryan uh, sent out his basic defense, and there was a play that was called, and I remember Mike Tomlin said to B.A. before the play, go win the game. Instead of punting the ball, it was go for the first down. And Buddy Ryan believed that it was just going to be one of those handoffs, and then you're going to punt the ball in the last latter part of the game. What I, what I asked, the reason I go all through this, I asked Bruce Arians after the game, I said, Bruce, that play that you called for that specific instance, when did that go in? He said, that came up about 10.30 Wednesday night that, you know, during the week. In other words, he already had a number of plays established going into this game for that specific situation. That's how intense they prepare 
for these specific fourth down occurrences or third down uh, that that it may be. So the, I, I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm t- kind of talking around myself here, and Max could probably say it in 30 words versus my 300. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is on that fourth down play, they had three different levels. Let's take the one fourth and four again. Three different levels, but the first level, the primary guy, that being Eric Ebron, fell down after bumping into Juju, who was the secondary guy who was really just trying to create, uh, get himself covered to create a window for Eric Ebron, and then he's left with Najee as the third alternative. That's part of the problem. Yeah. Well, that's that's great insight, uh, Wolf. Appreciate it. Lastly, I haven't said anything about the the block field goal. I mean, that that's part of the game, I guess. But over a year ago, I talked to the Godfather and made a suggestion that someday it would be very interesting to have a third uh, a, a third flag available for for questioning a call. And this one you could use on any play of the game. There'd be no penalty if it doesn't end up being overturned. But basically, it would be for situations like that where you would have the opportunity to, to throw that flag, to challenge a call, even if it's a penalty. And I'm talking about game-changing plays. Don Field, a 60-yard pass where interference is called. You look at the replay, the guy didn't even touch him. Or in this case, a field goal, you know, the offsides, which really wasn't there. You would be able to throw that flag. You'd only have one of them. You might not even use it every game. But it could be used to question a call regardless of the call. It's amazing that the referees are infallible when it comes to penalties, but they could be wrong on everything else from ball placement to completions. It would be a great way for a team to have a chance to see what we've seen and correct it uh, for for the sake of the game. Well, you know, I don't know how you feel about Max. My problem is, the more we get away from the human intervention stuff, the, the more this stuff gets to be a mess. Um, I think you make great sense in what you're saying, Sword. Um, but it's now – Chuck Knoll said it way back in, I think, 86, 87. He said the further away from human uh, judgment that you bring into the game, uh, the more problems you got. And you, you go from the field to instant replay to now – I, we're going to have something called distant replay at some point in time where, you know, it's back in New York where they're making decisions. So I don't, I don't know. Go and ahead, you Max. You don't want to bring in robots. And you don't <laughs> want to bring in robots. Arti- artificial yes. intelligence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. AI yeah. that, you know, that, that will then be scanning the field and making sure to see what the pressure resistance is and giving us next-gen <laughs> stats on that. I mean – that that that's one of the things you know and once you open the door for non-reviewable plays to be reviewed like that two times a game essentially one on each side then it, it becomes a whole war- hornet's nest and then you're now worried about you know do refs even want to deal with it if they're going to be second guest on these things or or they're going to be less likely to throw those flags right because well, you can't review it if, if you don't throw it and then you get gun shy and then something bad does happen so it just it opens the door for too many possibilities. I think that's why they haven't gone to that point, um, and why they gave the two challenge flags for plays that could be reviewed um, to give them some solace of knowing, hey, we can make a mistake on one of these. You know, if if you believe it's something different or you challenge a spot, 
we're more than happy to go to it. But once it's the non-reviewable plays that now get opened to that, that that's when it's going to be, I, I think, a cascading issue. Sadly enough, well, even though I want, I wanted that, I wanted that field goal block to count. Yeah, well, maybe it's frustration, but I think one thing I have learned after, gosh, fifty years of watching these and listening to them, frustration is as much a part of the game as as a punt or a completed pass. So my frustration and the fans around the country with with you know every game going on is actually we have to admit it part of the drama i guess and and part of the game the frustration and disappointment of seeing plays like that yeah. is is part of the game no so I'll, I'll still take it it's still i think the best game there is out there absolutely all right guys thanks absolutely. for your thanks thanks for your insight appreciate guys. you sarcastic you're sword welcome. thanks so thanks, much sword. All right, we got to go to break. When we come back, we'll keep going with the phone calls. The number is 412-919-1316. Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room. ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. fixable from the quarterback position as opposed to maybe just the fact that this guy can't play the same level he did 10 years ago? <laughs> Everything except mobility. Um, I don't have an answer for that, um, <laughs> you know, or, or lack thereof, man. Um, you know, Ben used to be able to run really good uh, when he was young. Uh, those days are behind him. Other than that, um, I don't see much that, that that's not a discussion in terms of technical alterations or, or quality of play that, that can be improved. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Well, the thing that happens when you get older, all right, and you saw, well, Peyton Manning when Peyton was playing in Denver and they went to the Super Bowl. Peyton at times looked like he couldn't throw the ball at all. You know, but the fact is you can take other strengths that he had. Just his command and presence on the field, that being Peyton Manning, was enough to be able to get them to a Super Bowl, right? I mean, that's that. I mean, the guy's persona, his charisma, his ability to, um, you know, be a field general out there, uh, it, it still got him over the top. And one of the things that you know is that, in my mind, anyhow, you've won a lot of games. You, if you're Mike Tomlin and you're sitting there with Ben Roethlisberger, you've won a lot of games together. You know, it's not like any secret that, that there's been a lot of success there between the two of you. And, you, you know, there's ways that you can alter because if you can't run, okay. You know, it's not like Ben can't run, but, I mean, it's not running like he did when he was younger. But he's still capable. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, it's 
It's one of those things, after 18 years, you're not going to be as mobile as right. you were when you were early in your career. But the mind, the arm, all those things, I believe, are still there to make you a more efficient quarterback. I mean, he's getting the ball out quick, um, but it's you need to create better opportunities for him or him creating himself better opportunities to, to have success further downfield. And whether that's talking about route concepts versus different coverages and trusting that receivers are going to be where they're supposed to be, or it's offensive line doing a better job of locking up guys so that Ben has a time to scan. Um, right. <laughs> they, all, they all work together. I mean, when you look at Peyton Manning in the end, it was a clear um, you know, decline in throwing capability for Peyton. Ben can still throw the ball downfield. Like, he still has a quick live arm. He's still throwing 40-plus times a game, but it's about the opportunities now when he's going to throw. And, you know, I know we're beating a dead horse on this, but – That's what we do, games, though. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> when you set up the run properly and that play action is a threat and the offensive line is blocking it as such and you free the middle of the field – I need them to be in a position where you can have Ben be successful. I mean, Absolutely. that's ultimately what it, what is coming up. You are depending on the other 10 guys to help the 11th guy in those situations to give him the best opportunity to make to make himself successful as well as the team. There's no question in my, my mind. I think you're right on. All right, we got to go back to the phones. We got Juan in Charleston. Juan, you're in the locker room. Hello, Juan. Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? This Good morning? morning. All right. Shout out to the crew, the Dirty Dozen. Give a shout out to those guys. And also, um, I know you were talking to our guy Jason in New Hampshire the other night, the other day. Yes. I want to give him a. I, I want to give him a quick thought because I know you say on his job is um, about to cut some people loose, and I was in that same predicament when the um, COVID first started. Mm-hmm. And I went back. I went back to work, and then the second time, they said it was going to furlough us again. So after that, I said, "You know what? It's time for me to start working for myself." So <laughs> one day I was in ch- one day I was in church. My pastor and church mother they pulled me to the side at the church. They said, "I don't know what it is, but God is about to do something for you." So it's that same. Like a couple of weeks later, that day I was outside watching washing me in my white car. And this kid and me said, go ahead and open up your car detailing business. So this will give my hands. I let them know God got him. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. All yeah. right. So so let's get back to Ben. So do you think um, Canada need to be on the sideline with Ben? You know, that's interesting. Max, you were talking about this the other day, I believe. Was it not? Yes. Go yes. right ahead. Yes. I was. I mean, I, I believe it works for better synergy when they are on the sidelines, and Ben has had that for 17 years, and we haven't knocked the uh, success of that, correct? And when you're thinking about things that are different this year than last year or previous years, that's one that comes up. When you don't have the coordinator there to have that conversation face-to-face and you're relying on telephone, literally – and then talking to the quarterback's coach who then relays it to the, to the coordinator, uh, I think it makes a difference um, when, you're, when you're trying to have that communication live bullets are firing. You've got to have that accountability and that, and that face-to-face sometimes. I think that's why it works so well for so long. So it, at this point, when you're one and three, 
I think you do have to change things up just for the sake of changing up to see what happens at this point versus getting. So you have to get outside of your comfort level. I know Matt Canada is comfortable up in the booth, but when things are like this, sometimes you got to be on the ground, right? You know, sometimes the general has to step on the field of battle. You can't just sit away in a tower and, and, and have directives and move pieces around. Sometimes you have to get out there and you have to, you have to hold the sword and, and lead the charge. You know, that's an excellent point, Max, because a lot of people are talking about changing, uh, you know, quarterbacks, changing what have you. Uh, any player, you can list a number of players, but possibly just shaking it up a little bit, something as simple as that. Why not try it? I mean, that's something that uh, if there's a, more of a comfort level, that creates an opportunity for Ben to better express what he's seeing and do it face-to-face, and it's something that he's used to, shoot, why not give it a try? I mean, it, it, it's better than start alterating uh, with all the people and start moving the chess pieces around. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you, Carson. Like like you said, it worked for the first 17 years with him having all his coordinators on the sideline and things got accomplished. So, yeah, I think they need to try to switch that off and have Kendall on the sideline with Ben. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Juan. Anything else, brother? Um, no, I think that'll be all for the day. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Sounds good, day. man. All so right, guys, appreciate you. All, all right, all right. Thank you, Juan. Let's keep rolling along. We got CR in Chicago. Welcome to the locker room, CR. Chicago, talking to uh, Juan Hernandez. Uh, inside the locker room with uh, Wolf. Uh, uh, Oh God! Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and the ninjas. Yeah. So, uh, Max, there you go, Max. So, hey, appreciate yeah. you guys giving me the opportunity to speak. Uh, hey, sarcastic George, good to hear your voice again. Hey, Juan, uh, I'm glad that you've been blessed, and just continue for the blessing. Hey, uh, hey, guys, uh, talking about uh, Ben. Uh, two, two points. One, um, well, actually three. One, uh, Max, I still appreciate what you said yesterday about uh, fitting making the system fit the players and not making the players fit the system. And I think what, what, what you're tying in today with uh, uh, Canada coming down to the sidelines, that fits the, the, the players, and I think that's a good point. And the other point is um, what uh, I heard that uh, Ben has been sacked twice in each game uh, that we've played so far this year. So uh, let's go with that first and then come back to the other one second. What's your thought? Well, there's some games he's been sacked more because he's been sacked 11 times in the four games. Well, at least yeah, twice, so, yeah. All right. At least twice, Yes, yeah. and he's been hit another 30 times. Okay, so he's getting hit a lot. That's something that yeah. he's That's not right. used to. Okay, yeah, it's too much. All right, so the fact of the matter is this is still a work in progress, just like you heard uh, Kendrick Green talking about this morning. Uh, if you go to Steelers.com and he's, he's, you know, they interviewed him and everything. He's talking about the, just continuing on with learning the ropes and pass protection. They've got to learn to trust each other more. Well, part of the trust comes from the repetitions, but you know, good experiences are generally derived from bad experiences. That's how you learn. <laughs> you know, you, it's like okay, we can't do that anymore. And that's one of the things I think Kendrick Green has got to learn right now. He's learning the nuances and the sophistication of the of uh, you know pass protection. Some of it at the guards, they got to sit with him more. Some of it is he can't give up the arm leverage with his arms getting underneath. You know the guys getting underneath him and uprooting him. That's just plain fact of of you know football. So it's yeah, just a, looking, it's a process. At, Go ahead. Yeah, I was looking at some tape on him the other day, and somebody broke it down. 
and he really got spattered around uh, several different times. But anyway, uh, Max, what are your comments again? Uh, reemphasizing uh, uh, changing the system to fit the players, not trying to put the players in the in the square peg. Well, I I think the biggest thing is 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 giving that trust to Ben, um, allowing him to have that no huddle package that we've talked about the last couple of weeks. Um, to where he can have a little more autonomy, move pieces around on his own to fit the route concepts that he sees fit against the defense. And then also, I think you need to add in some more max prote- protection into this game plan. Uh, let it be a viable option because, because, he's, been, because he's been hitting. Uh, you know, you need that sixth and seventh guy in there. I know he, you want to go spread sometimes. He did it on that fourth and five. Um, but you do need to have either two tight ends in there tight end fullback, however that combination works, 12 or 21 personnel, um, and have only one or two guys going out in the route. You know, put them in man situations for those two receivers um, to get in there and then have some safety valves backed in. If guys don't rush, you have guys who pop. You know, the tight end can pop on a little curl yeah. route right over right over on the seam, uh-huh. or, you, or you have the fullback checking out into the flat. All those things need to be available to him because, like you said, as it stands currently, 11 sacks and 30 hits through four games, that's a high number. That means Ben is getting contacted 10 times a game. And if he's dropping back 40 times, that's 25% of the time that he drops back, he is getting hit uh, when he has the football in his hands. That's not a good number for any quarterback. I don't care who you are. And you're dazzling you me with your math, Max. You're just dazzling yeah. me with that math. <laughs> I, I know you got to go, uh, but, but what do you think the reluctance is to, to make that to make that change? What, what is the reluctance? Because they're trying to spread everybody out. When you go empty backfield, yeah. look, you've got nobody in reserve. Okay, it's just the line and the yeah. quarterback. And so you're it, as an offense, you just want to spread everybody out, make that defense have to cover everybody. But if they yeah, can get to clear. you before you can get to them, then that's one of those things that, you know, that's the that's the roll the dice moment. All right. Well, hey, guys, I appreciate you giving me a few minutes. Hey, Juan, I hope you got that number. Sarcastic George, good talking to you again. In the meantime, and in between time, here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Thank you, CR. Appreciate you, buddy. All right. Well, the fact of the matter is uh, one of the guys that started practicing again, too, is Anthony McFarlane. I, you know, Max – um, McFarland's a guy that, uh, you know, last year, he, he, I don't know, he had, uh, I think 33 carries, 133 total yards for the year. It's like some receptions and all. And he's a speedster. He's a guy that I thought, you know, could be impactful, but after Najee, you know, there's really not a lot of room for, for him, anybody else. I mean, Najee's taken 93% of the offensive snaps, you know, he's taken yeah. all but three rushing carries. Benny Snell's had, had the other, you know, the three that he hasn't. So it's not like I don't see any rush to bring Anthony McFarland back off the IR. Yeah, no, I mean, there's no rush there. And you still, I mean, we still haven't seen Kalen Balaj outside of kickoff return. You know what I'm right. saying? Special teams. So you do have viable options there. But like you said, when Najee is doing what Najee is doing, he's catching the ball very well. He's running the ball well. It's like, all right, well. Here yeah, we, we go. We don't have enough room. We don't have any room. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly it, Max. I mean, you know, I I I I liked Anthony McFarlane as a player. I think you know he's got some uh, real upside. But with we got Najee, Najee on the learning curve. Najee with ninety three percent of the snaps. Again, there's just not much of a football to go around left for anybody else. 
So, yeah, all right. I meat on the bone. Okay. <laughs> we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to have the coach. Tom Bradley is going to be in the locker room with Wolf Starks and the Ninjas on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.